Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Greetings, friends and humans alike. Welcome to BS Sessions, Volume 24, featuring Dave Moggio, the founder and owner of La Terrain Watches. Dave talks about tips of starting a business and even investing. Plus, he has some stories on his journey with La Terrain. Before we begin, we must thank the sponsors of BS Sessions and Time to BS, La Terrain Watches, funny enough. Use the promo code time to bs for a free compass with the purchase of any select timepiece, only at LaTerrain.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the show. Quick little backstory for this whole thing. Um, we have, we originally recorded this about a week or so ago, like a week or two ago. Uh, volume twenty four BS sessions featuring Dave Moggio of La Train Watches. Um, we recorded this about two weeks ago. The audio crapped out because there was a massive echo and a massive audio delay on this whole thing. So I I got. We finally rescheduled this whole thing day before Halloween, but worth it in the end. Um, so here we are, and it took 20 minutes to figure out the problem about this whole thing. It turns out you can't have two microphones rolling at the same time, one of them being Skype, the other one being my regular microphone, which, if you can see on YouTube, is right here. So. Dave, welcome, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Oh, of course, of course. It took it took a little bit, but yeah, that happened. That happened. I mean, we wouldn't have it any other way. You, we would not have it any other way. You say yourself, "Hey, at least this is fun, right?" <laughs> oh my! Saturday morning, let's do it. <laughs> Saturday morning, let's do it. Saturday morning cartoons, let's go. Uh, yep. But let's discuss your journey. Uh, I know we discussed this on the previous recording, but no one outside of, of our realm knows exactly what we're talking about. So let's discuss you. Let's discuss what you do, what you do, what you do for a lot of terrain, and exactly how this whole thing started. So the floor is yours, my friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to try to remember if uh, my answer this time will be better than all the answer I gave last time. Uh, La Terrain is a, uh, so it's a watch brand that I created uh, in 2018, uh, going on three years just about. 
And I've been a watch collector and enthusiast my entire life. After looking more into it and seeing what else was on the market at the time, I felt felt that this was something I could do myself. Um, you know, I started following some people on Twitter that showed me how to build my own brand and showed me, you know, who to work with, how to get things made. Um, and then I took my watch knowledge and applied it to that so that what we build is to a certain standard that I set for, you know, everything that I put and produce. And so at, growing out of that is the belief that I've had that if you're spending 200 bucks on a watch, it should last you a lifetime. Uh, that's a lot. That's a decent amount of money. I don't think you should have to spend thousands in order to get something that's, you know, frankly overpriced. Um, yeah. So coming out of this has just been this development of a brand and a, a movement that I think has been very, very exciting. Uh, getting to meet a lot of different people, such as yourself, getting to uh, talk to customers and getting to learn more about uh, how people are using these watches every day. Uh, it's been very exciting, and I've been having a great time doing it. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. I mean, you had you've been having such a great time doing this. You you met people like like Mike, like myself, host of the Area Attack podcast. You met him. Uh, mm -hmm. You ordered one of your watches. I still have to order a couple of yours. Been slacking on that, but I admit that. Um, good <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about your biggest support system. I mean, you had, I'm sure you've been through a lot of like disappointment in your, throughout this whole thing. It's just, you want this to succeed. And who has been your biggest support system throughout this whole journey of the last few years? Oh yeah. So my biggest support system through all this has been my family, my wife in particular, um, has always been there to support me through it. And it's never been, there's never been a moment where uh, she's gotten in the like gotten in my way or told me like don't do this or anything like that. She's always just been like fully supportive behind it. So without that, I probably would have closed up shop after not selling a watch for like six months, right? Like those are the moments. Where, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't blame you. You're really tested as an entrepreneur, and uh, she kept me going. I wouldn't blame you on that at all. I mean, uh, the loving support of, of a great wife. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't speak for that yet, but <laughs> game changer, man. It is a game changer, honestly. Uh, I can do so much more now because I have her, and uh, I like to think that we have that for each other, right? Um, it, it, life gets a lot easier when you have someone that uh, aligns with your goals and dreams and wants to see you succeed. Um, so yeah, huge huge support network right there. Um, you're a Philadelphia sports fan. You are. You are yep. a Philadelphian at heart. Um, at heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a New Yorker at heart. I got the unfortunate Islanders tattoo. I mean, you saw okay. before, and I got Long Island right here. So, uh, has being a Philadelphia sports fan helped you deal with heartbreak in the end? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what happened, man? You got the Eagles. That you got the Eagles that just. It went to shit real fast. You got the you got the Phillies. Yep. Yep. They're okay. The Flyers are okay, and then you get the six the seventy sixers, which is like, what's going on there, man? <laughs> As it, this is an entirely different podcast of discussion. If you really want to go for the sports thoughts, 
Let me, let's just put it this way. I was raised in Allentown, Pennsylvania. If you were not a fan of Philadelphia teams, something was literally wrong with you. Um, because they would either, you know, beat you up if you weren't a fan of those teams or, yeah. or you hit your head or something like, uh, so cheering for Philadelphia teams is like family. I mean, they, they are like a part of your family, generational, uh, you know, attachment to those teams. Your grandfather comes over, your uncle comes over, your dad, your mom, everybody's a fan of Philadelphia teams in the family. So everything's very passionate because of that. And, uh, the lifetime of disappointment that came from being a Philadelphia fan, I think honestly, um, it did two things. And I think it does two things in most people. One, it gives you that ability to handle negativity because you're continually faced with it because the team is awful. Uh, the other one is that you maintain a realistic sense of expectations. You know, we're not out there like the Cowboys going, this year's our year. Like we're pretty centered in knowing that Philadelphia team's going to suck this year. Um, now we do have some hopefuls, but I think if you follow Philadelphia sports and you're smart about, it, you know, that they're not going to be any good. So, uh, you know, I think that set me up well and that I didn't approach anything in my life with unrealistic expectations, uh, that were way beyond, I want to say, you know, your normal sense of optimism. Um, and in business, I think that served very well because you're going to have just terrible months. I mean, just terrible months. Yeah. And, you're going to question why you're doing something and you just got to stay the course. And I think that being a Philadelphia sports fan, you've had to choose to stay the course quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned family earlier in that. And you met, I have, I've grown to have a soft side for Philadelphia fans, but particularly the Eagle fan base. Uh, they've been through so much crap over yeah. the last 50 years, you know, 50, 60 years. And, you know, during their Super Bowl run, I've grown to have a soft side for the Eagle fan base. And having that connection with the Philadelphia fanhood, um, that has obviously played a huge contribution to your journey with Lottery as a whole. That's right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the different the different Philly fans that I've run into um, have, has been great through the watch company. Um but, you know, being that Eagles fan, you know, it, it was always fun because we were the only one in the NFC East that hadn't won a championship. And so no matter how bad the other teams were, they always held that over our heads. Yeah. So that went on for generations. I mean, something people don't recognize is Philly didn't win anything from 1960 until 2017. Uh, <laughs> you know, so a little you're, buddy you're talking, right there. <laughs> quite a few generations. And so when they did win, it was this uh, cathartic event where I think everybody just kind of got just decades of you know garbage off of their off of their shoulders, uh, out of their minds, uh, out of their heart. And I think honestly, it it put everybody in a mentally, psychologically a better place uh, because of it. And uh, yeah, here we are now, a uh, few years out from that experience, and it looks like we're back to normal. Um, you know, we're back to horrible teams. We're back to bad quarterback. We're back to a bad coach. Horrible GM. We should have been fired a decade ago. And, uh, you know, it's kind of back to normal Philly life. But at least we were able to experience those highs and share those with our family. So that yep. no matter what happens from here on out, we'll always get to say we at least have one. Now, 
going back to that whole thing, it's like, oh, here we go again, here we go again. It starts to break. It starts to break you mentally in the end. Uh, one of the big parts of our show is we like to talk about mental health awareness. So, um, what is some advice that you can give for some people uh, regarding mental health awareness? I mean, coming from yourself as an Eagles fan. <laughs> I can't say anything. I'm an Islander fan. I'm eternally cursed with this tattoo, so <laughs> I can't say anything other than that. I'm also a Knicks fan, unfortunately. So yay. Yeah, but just as bad then. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, all I will say honestly is at the end of the day, sports are entertainment and they're an entertainment business. Um you got to be able to separate yourself from that. They're not there to put food on your table. They're not there to make you happy uh, from a family aspect. They're there to entertain you. Um, there's a reason that they're on a television screen. They're not in your living room. Uh, so I think you need to just have a healthy detachment that it is sports. It is entertainment. It's great to watch. But at the end of the day, if your happiness hinges upon these teams, then you need to reevaluate your life. Um, there you go. You need to be able to find things that can fill that gap for you because there's probably a void inside of you if you're using the team to fill it. So I think that, you know, being healthy from a mental health aspect is taking your happiness and being in control of it versus allowing a team or people that have never even met you to uh, be a part of that uh, factor. I mean, I can speak from experience. I mean, there are Islander fans across Twitter that I've grown to become good friends with. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years, and even across you know hockey Twitter in particular, that have you know been supporters of me and I've and supporters of this podcast, and mm-hmm. I've been guests on this podcast a couple times. So let's go back to excuse me your journey with Lots Right. Uh, were there any points over the last few years that made you think, you know what, this might not work in the end? Who knows? But yeah, often. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there's this, you know, I think there's this part where you tell yourself, look, this isn't going to happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. It's always years of hard work that lead to an overnight success. But there's the knowledge of it and then there's the actual experiencing it. And I think the experiencing of it is the difficult part because if it were that easy, everybody would do it. Um, The experiencing it part is where I've gone four months without one wash sale. Um, I've gone, you know, I mean, it's been a tax write-off because the revenues don't match the expenditure. Um, But with that said, it's something I enjoy doing. It's uh, something that I enjoy building. It has been building slowly. Um, But there's definitely been these moments where it's just like, man, if I had just put all this money into Bitcoin, I wouldn't be having to work right now. Um, You know, so there's there's definitely those, those moments of, uh, delayed gratification because when it works out in the end, it's going to be so well worth it. Oh my uh, god, yeah. But in the, it's the journey that builds you and it's the journey that develops you. And I'm better now as a business owner today than I was 60 days ago. And in 60 days from now, I'm going to be an even better business owner than I am today. And so I think that's just the learning curve and that's just part of the development aspect of any business or endeavor that you've decided to go in on. Um, three years in, am I where I wanted to be when I started this? No, of course not. I thought when I got into GQ, I would be taken off like MVMT or some craziness like that, you know? Uh, but that's not how things work all the time, and I'm perfectly okay with that. It's just definitely moments where you're, you start to question the whole thing, especially with the way uh, 
cryptocurrency has been going lately. <laughs> let's talk about that. I mean, let's talk about cryptocurrency and investing and the whole thing. I mean, I mean the whole the whole idea of investing has really started to take off with Bitcoin, with Dogecoin, and the whole coin crap over the last few years. Yeah, um, yeah. Investing has been a huge part of making money. I mean, in general, the last few years. Do you invest in anything? And if and if there are some things you can share about it, uh, along with some yeah. tips. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been investing since uh, early 2017. Um, when the market crashed, the crypto market crashed, um, I took most of my funds out of it and actually put it into the house that I had at the time. Worst decision ever, by the way. <laughs> um, with that said, I think that the, the biggest key here is that it's a new and exciting space. There's a lot of publicity to it. It's not going away. Um, if it were going to go away, it would have gone away like five to eight years ago, and it hasn't. So it's it's only growing. It's only going better, bigger. And I think that uh, the biggest key I can tell people is to stick to the major projects, depending on your risk level, and just dollar cost average. Don't look to day trade. You will get burned if you try to day trade crypto. It's impossible. Um, so just dollar cost average and focus on the ones that you want to have in your possession um, in 2030. Don't think about 2022, 2021. Think about 2030 and where you want your holdings to be. And I think it's going to work out just for, for just fine for you because uh, we're still very early. This is not. Yeah. You know, this is not the peak by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so let's say someone like me who, who hasn't gotten into investing or to cryptocurrency yet. Um, what's some that's what's some extra advice that you can get to someone like me who is trying to get involved with it but hasn't really got into it yet? Well, uh, avoid feeling like you missed out. Uh, you still or you are still early. You can buy fractional pieces of coin, so don't feel like you, if you can't afford one whole coin, you're, you can't do crypto. It's you can buy fractions. So what I would say is stick to the majors to dip your feet in because you're going to have less risk. So that's Bitcoin, Ethereum, and I would do something like Chainlink. And just set up weekly buys or bi-weekly buys or monthly buys, whatever you're comfortable spending. Um, and just that's pretty much it. Um, go through Coinbase. They, uh, they have KYC checks. They have, uh, they're following New York State regulation and legislation so that they're most regulated of anyone. Um, them and maybe Robinhood, but Robinhood not to get too technical, but you don't actually own your coins if you get coins through Robinhood, so stick to Coinbase. And, uh, uh, you know, as part of that, just keep holding and buying. Um, it'll work out for you in the end. Um, naturally, there are regrets to any individual person when it comes to businesses or outside of businesses, uh, when it yeah. comes to starting their own business. Um, what are some regrets that you can share with, uh, with us in the audience? Um that you'd be willing to talk about, if any at all? Well, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily regrets because without them, I wouldn't have learned the lesson, right? Um, and it is business, so it's not fatal. Uh, I will say that I think early on, I was very focused on follower count um, and I didn't understand quite how that worked. So, you know, I, I had, was trying to just get followers and anything I could do. and. You know, I, just because you have a high follower account doesn't mean that they're actually engaged or active. Um, so that was a mistake I made early on. Uh, another mistake I made was probably letting my email subscription list die off for a while, where 
you know, I was like, well, I don't want to be annoyed by sales emails. Why would anybody else want to be annoyed by sales emails? Well, you know, at the end of the day, they work. Otherwise, people wouldn't do them. Uh, so I've been starting to try to pick up more of a community feel on the email list and not have everything be a sale, but, you know, try to show more behind the scenes stuff, build a community. And that started to work out pretty well. Um, another mistake I made was probably not promoting uh, the brand as much as I should because I didn't want to annoy people. Um, and yet, guess what? If you want to sell something, you got to let people see it a few times before they're comfortable buying it. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, I mean... As, as the owner of a company, you should be promoting that company as often as you can. And that's something I still kind of struggle with a little bit because I want to provide more value to people that follow me than just, you know, here's another watch post. But it's important. So those are a few of my regrets. Um, but I've learned from them. And uh, I think, you know, we pivoted pretty nicely off of them. Um have there any been struggles when it comes to starting your own business? And what's some advice that you can give to someone who is either trying to start their own business or trying to get into the into the big business game? So what I will say is this. There's two different things to keep in mind. Number one, no market is saturated. Saturation is BS. Um, saturation just means that there is a market for it. And I'll always remind people that if you think a market is saturated, that there's too many people there, you can't be the next Nike or whatever. How many bottled water companies are there? So true. that's the thing to think about. That's because true. What, yeah. I mean, if you can sell a bottle of water, uh, you can sell whatever your passion is. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is don't think that you have to have everything aligned and checked off and everything perfect before you can start. You just have to start. You just have to do it. It doesn't matter if your logo is ugly. It doesn't matter if you don't have your LLC set up doesn't matter if your website isn't finished just start and just get out there and start doing it because at the end of the day you're going to learn along the way what you need to do and i guarantee you it's going to be different than what you thought you needed to do before you started um so all i can say is take action without action there is no change and you, all the thinking in the world ain't going to get you anywhere if you don't nope. actually do something with it so from a business owner perspective take action and uh perfection is the enemy of good there you go. Uh, there are more and more people in this world, particularly young folk. Um, they are in their late teens, early tw early to mid twenties, sometimes even their like early thirties, that are getting involved in the in the in their own business. I know a couple people that are starting to become their own music producer, travel agency, you know, etc. And all like they want to be the next. Anthony Bourdain, or so I know it's a terrible reference to think about, but hey, there you go. Um, there you go. Um, what does that show about big companies? Like, let's throw in, for example, like big car businesses. Let's, yeah. what does that show about the big business now? Is it starting to fade off? It's a great question. Um, what I would say is that. Big businesses aren't going to go away. Um, they control too much capital. They have too many assets. They have too much cash on hand. Um, you know, I think betting against that's you're going to lose. But what I will say is that you're starting to see more of a decentralization. And I think crypto plays a part of that. But I also think that people are starting to recognize that maybe, you know, I think honestly COVID also helped accelerate this. But I don't need to be in an office to make a living anymore. There you I don't go. need to work nine to five and then that's it. You know, I can 
do my own thing at my own time and my own pace at my own location. And I think that that's creating uh, more people to just explore what else is out there for themselves and to dip their toe in while they're on a conference call Skype. They can be writing an email for, you know, their side hustle. Um, so I think that you're going to start to see more people just do their own thing. Um, more power to all of them because I think that ultimately it's going to be a good thing because more people are going to be in charge of their futures than ever before. You mentioned before COVID helped accelerate this whole thing. Um, did COVID help you in this case? I mean, I hmm. COVID uh, helped me in many ways, but I wouldn't say Law Train was one of them. Um, it gave me a, the ability to focus a little bit more on Law Train during the workday, but never to the point where I was not paying attention to my normal job. Um, you know, normal job pays the bills. That's the one that I have to focus on. But uh, I do think it helped from the aspect of A, I'm around my family all the time now, which yeah. I love. Um, B, I don't have that commute anymore, which I hated. Um, C, I can kind of just be by myself now more often than I used yeah. to be. I don't have to worry about people popping into my office just to chat or, um, you know, any of those side conversations that take me away from getting work done. So I feel like I'm more efficient overall. There um, you go. There you go. And that's a good thing because efficiency is it's a great thing when you're able to do a lot more. It's great. It's yeah. it's amazing. Um, we'll close up the show with this because I understand you're a, bit, a very busy individual. Um, you see guys like Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, and Elon Musk, the creator, the owner of Tesla. Uh, you see these two become the two richest men in the world, and eventually they'll become the first trillionaire. I mean, it's amazing. You look at guys like Warren Buffett, who were, yeah. who were a lot of people's hero. In the end, he was the champion at investing. <laughs> he was the yeah. champion at investing and making money. Uh, what inspires you about them? And do they help remind you, just keep going in the end? I'll be honest, they've never been my inspiration. Um, sort of like Lamborghini has never been a goal of mine. Uh, I always found inspiration more in just uh, having the ability to do what I want. Uh, do what my family wants, right? Like we don't have to go to an office today. We can go, we can hop on a plane to Italy if we wanted to. That's been my goal. Um, with them, I think Elon's a genius, like a, a certified genius. I think he's more intelligent than people understand him for. I think Bezos obviously is very intelligent too. I mean, you don't get to be to that at that level without having a very high IQ. You just don't. There you go. Warren Buffett to me, I mean, I think what you're seeing is the dichotomy of the old economy and Warren Buffett's the old economy and then you have the more digital economy in the future, which is what Bezos and uh, Musk represent. So I'm expecting their wealth to hit the trillions, like you said. Um, and I think that a lot of people are going to ask, why not? Why not me? Um, and you're going to see a whole new wave of entrepreneurs come out of that. There you go. Um, one more thing before you close this off. Um, you did mention before how the new economy is going to take a gigantic step forward with guys like Bezos and Musk and Event and and all those guys. You know, Bill Gates is somewhere in there, but not entirely. Um, yeah. What's some What's some advice that you can give to future entrepreneurs that want to get involved in this? 
Oh, thanks for asking. So I think the first thing is that you have to have the ability to be prepared for Web 3.0. Uh, what does that mean? That means that you're going to have to be really looking into cryptocurrency. You're going to have to be really looking into DeFi. Uh, and then you're going to have to look into e-com. Uh, the brick and mortar business for the most part is dead uh, with the exception of, you know, I think the important services that you still need to go physically for. But I think you're going to see a transition away from that at a rapid pace post-COVID. So as an entrepreneur, focus on e-com and focus on uh, the new payment world of uh, cryptocurrency and DeFi. And I think you're going to be set up for a very, uh, very good future. Amen to that. Uh, damn, you made me want to get involved in this. <laughs> Honestly. I don't blame you. It doesn't have to pay every bill, but if it pays one bill, then I think you're you're doing better than most. There you go. That's that's even if it means you know getting a, another tattoo in the process. Eventually, the Seahawks logo is going to go right there. But hey, whatever yeah. happens, happens in the end, right, my man? That's right. That's right. There you go. All right, my man, Dave. Dave thank you so much for doing this once again. Uh, we'll be sure to do this, hopefully, another time, eventually yeah. in the near future. But thank you to those who tuned in to BS Sessions Volume 24. Uh, volume 25 is up next. We'll be sure to find a date to record Volume 25 in the near future. But Dave Mojo, founder and owner of Lot Terrain Watches for BS Sessions Volume 24. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. And on over to Thank you.